You may have seen the program on the Discovery Channel, uh, but I want you to know that before the Discovery Channel ever came up with that, that the Bible is full of examples of people who were not afraid of the storm. And they weren't afraid of the storm because they knew who was on their side. And so this, this summer, we want to talk about the, um, the various storms in the Scripture, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. And we want to show you how God is there to help you, how God is there to strengthen you, how God is there to help you come through whatever storm you may be going through. And the fact of the matter is, is that all of us, there's not one here today who can claim that they've never had a storm in their life. This is the nature of life on this planet. We will experience storms in our life. And so we'll be looking at the lives of Noah. How many know that Noah had a mighty storm in his life? Anybody familiar with the story of Noah? Probably the most intense storm of all time. Uh, There's the the storm that Jonah faced and Elijah. There's a storm that Moses experienced while trying to release the people in Egypt. There is a storm that the the apostles experienced. And so we're going to look at all these different storms just to see how God intervened, how God was there to help and to strengthen. By the time that this this series is done, by the time the summer is done, my prayer is that, is that your hearts will truly be fearless, knowing that you are not alone, that God is there to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. Now, this morning I want to start with the very first storm mentioned in the scripture, and it's found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. And here's what it says. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep water, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. You might be wondering, where's the storm there, Pastor? Well, let me just tell you what it says, a direct translation from the Hebrew. Verse 2 says, And the earth, she became chaos and vacancy and darkness over surfaces of the abyss. This world, before God created anything, was a massive, chaotic mess. It was the true definition of a storm. I don't know if anybody here has ever experienced a storm. If anyone has ever seen the effects of a tornado, for instance. Some friends of mine, farmers in uh, southern Manitoba, they called me out. They said, uh, Alan, you've got to come and see the damage that was done by these tornadoes that went through here. And so I went by. He, he had just had these massive, massive metal uh, granaries installed. They're, they're, they were massive. And, uh, I mean, it, we're talking, it takes cranes to move these things. So I went by, and it looked like someone actually just took, took their foot and stepped on it, like you'd step on a, a tin can. Unbelievable. I recognized, uh, as I was looking at these at these granaries, these grain bins, I recognized the incredible and fierce power of these tornadoes, of these storms. Some of you have experienced storms in your life, and I'm sure that if we, you know, we surveyed the crowd today, which we will not, we would discover that, in fact, uh, most of us, many of us, have seen some really devastating storms in our lives. Well, 
I want to talk to you about some of the storms that happen in our own lives, in our own hearts, uh, in our own families, marriages, uh, at work, etc. I want you to know today that, that in the midst of the chaos that is around us, and I'm going to tell you that that is the default setting in this world. In fact, it's the default setting in your marriage and in your family. It's the default setting in your, in your finances. The fact of the matter is, is that there's not something constantly bringing order, then chaos ensues. I think everybody knows that. And here's what you need to know today, is that God loves you and God cares about you. And God, as I said in my prayer this morning, God wants you to experience an abundant life here in this life. But what has to happen before you can experience the abundant life that God has promised, this abundant life that Jesus spoke about, is that you have to learn what it means to submit to God and allow God to bring order to your life. And some of you may be sitting here today and saying, you know, my life is good, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really, I'm really quite spiritual. Uh, I've, I've got all my ducks in a row. And, you know, this, this is not for me because I'm far too spiritual and have far too much faith to really know what you're talking about. Just wait. That's all I can say. Just wait. Because the fact of the matter is, is that as long as you are in this world and on this earth, you are going to experience storms in your life. And it's at that moment that you are going to have to learn and know how to cry out to God. So I want to just talk, first of all, then, about the, some of the storms that we experience. That word chaos, it, uh, if you go to the dictionary, it says this. Chaos is a condition of place or place of great disorder or confusion. Utter confusion. Now, for some of you, you could say, well, that, 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 that describes our house. That describes my garage. That describes my marriage or my family. I, some people would say, you know, I pastor, when I wake up in the morning, I just want to get away from the house because I just can't stand the chaos that's there. If you, are, if you today are experiencing some sort of chaos in your life, if, you're, if you'd say, you know, this, this sounds like what I'm going through right now, then I've got some good news for you today. Because I want you to know that God wants to bring order to your life. And God can do that. But the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to recognize your need of God's help. You need to understand that you are, in fact, in the midst of chaos you need to recognize that, that your marriage just may be on the edge of breakup, that your kids may be on the edge of, of rebellion. They may be on the edge of disaster. Do you understand what's going on in your heart today? You need to know that. Otherwise, you'll never understand your need of God. If you cannot admit or recognize that you've got a problem... In AA, that's the first step, isn't it? In, in AA, the first step knowing, is knowing that you've got a problem. And it's only then that you can actually take that first step. Well, guess what? The same thing with Christianity, the same thing with the storms in your life. You need to recognize you've got a problem. I was uh, listening to a testimony of a pastor on, on CD. I get the leadership CDs. And he was talking about how he... I was at the doctor, and the doctor did some tests and said to him, uh, I got, I've got to tell you, you have got to stop 
whatever you're doing right now. And the pastor said, well, that's impossible. I can't stop. I've got to take care of the church. I've got programs to run. I've got ministries to run. And the doctor said, no, you have to stop. You have to actually walk away. You're going to have to take a sabbatical. And the reason is, is that your adrenal gland is is worn out. You uh, have OD'd on adrenaline. The way that you have have carried on trying to get all of your jobs done, all your ministries done, the way that you've been able to, to go day and night has now led to a place where you are on the verge of burnout, if in fact uh, you're not already burnt out. You see, what happened is that this pastor uh, was used to getting lots of done, lots done in his church through adrenaline highs. He was, he was relying on that, that hormone, that regulates the heart rate, it regulates blood vessels and air passage diameters, it regulates metabolic shifts. Uh, this, uh, this adrenaline released, was released into the, uh, is released into the crucial component of the fight-or-flight uh, syndrome. Some of you may have heard of that, that fight-or-flight response. He was tapping into that, into, this, into, this, into the body's natural ability to protect itself, but he was tapping into it on a regular basis, so that it came to the point where his body was utterly fatigued. The adrenal, the adrenal glands increased heart rate, increased respiratory rate, muscles contract, etc., etc. His, his body, his life was in chaos. And he was trying to control the chaos in his life through an adrenaline high. Here's what I... I, I'm not a doctor. You have to talk to Dr. Shane about this to see if I'm getting it right or not. But do that later, not now. When the stresses of your life are always present, those things that cause stress, those things that cause you to be uptight, those things that cause you to be on high alert, those things that cause you to be on your toes and wide, eyes wide open and, and, uh, and alert. He said, when these stressors are always present, they leave you feeling constantly stressed, tense, nervous, or on edge. It's that fight-or-flight reaction that stays turned on. Now, here's the thing. The long-term activation of the stress response system and the subsequent overexposure to cortisol and other stress hormones can disrupt almost all of your body's processes. This puts you at increased risk of numerous health problems, including heart disease, digestive problems, depression, diabetes, obesity, memory impairment, worsening of skin conditions such as eczema, and the list goes on. Here's, here's what we find ourselves doing so often. We, we find ourselves trying to cope with the stresses and the pressures and the chaos of life in our own strength, according to our own wisdom, and according to our own adrenaline. How many understand today that this is not God's plan for you? This is not God's ideal for you. This is not God's abundant life for you. And so we have a nation full of people who are extremely sick. And many of the ones who are sick are, in fact, those who are in leadership and and more precisely, those who are in ministry. I found myself, when I was in the middle of this building program the first time around, and now we're doing it again. 
The last time I would be here from uh, 7 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night every day. And on top of that, do all my pastoral duties, do the visitation, do a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service. We used to have a Sunday night service and a Wednesday night Bible study. And on top of that, do uh, all the other pastoral things that pastors do. Now, I have some people joke with me sometimes and say, Pastor, you only work one day a week, right? Just on Sundays. And, of course, uh, they crack themselves up. That was a good one, eh, Pastor? Yes, I've heard that for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. In the midst of all of this, I found that my fingers, I started developing arthritis in my hands. And I didn't understand what was going on because I never had arthritis before. But for the first thing that happened is that this, this little pinky here began to twist and the joint began to swell. And so that it is now permanently deformed. You probably can see it right from the back. The deformity is so great. Can you see how crooked that finger is? It's, it's really quite a mess. And then the other one started to go. And some fingers I can't put up. <laughs> uh, And then this finger, do you see how crooked that one is? I mean, if I point at you, don't know who I'm pointing at. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite convenient when you're preaching, you know. Just, uh, and then nobody can say after, hey, you're pointing at me. Uh, listen, this, this, this arthritis that broke out is directly related to stress. And I'm going to tell you that in the midst of that building program, um, I'm... I'm dealing with the finances because when we, when we bought this building, we didn't even have a mortgage. So I don't know if you realize that. It's absolutely insane. It was, we believe it was a God thing. And, and here's the thing. God shows up. He does miracles. Why don't we let God continue to do miracles? Can I ask you that? Why don't we let God continue to do his thing? But, you know, it's like, God, I know that you got Safeway to give us a donation of 400000 but uh, now that you've done your part, I'll take it over from here, please. And I'm worrying about, this, I'm worrying about the money and stressing about this and that, making sure the workers are working. We had a whole team of, we're trying <laughs> try to save money, so we had a, a team of... Um, uh, teenagers who were trying to learn how to do construction. We had them come to the site here to do construction. Well, folks, listen. I mean, it's ten year, over 10 years later, I can laugh about it now. You never saw such chaos in your life. And the guy that was supposed to be directing them and telling them what to do, he wasn't telling them what to do. He was just sort of, he was like, oh, God, I got some place to drop these kids off. I'm going for coffee. See ya. So can you imagine all these, all these like 18, 19-year-olds have no idea about construction at all. They've got hard hats on. One of them had, had got a hold of, um, oh, this is crazy. He, he got a hold of an impact uh, nailer. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know where I'm going with this, don't you? And you wonder why I was stressed, why I'm developing crooked fingers. All of a sudden, I hear this, this horrendous screaming and yelling. And I come into the room. He's got his, he's got his hand sta- nailed to a stud. <laughs> and then, of course, my question is, what are you doing? <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> I 
incredible stress. So we got, uh, we cut the stud off and took him to the hospital with his hand stapled. I want to say stapled, but nailed, nailed to this chunk of wood. And the long story short is he lived. And then when he got back, I killed him. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, incredible, incredible stress, incredible pressure. It was during that time that I really understood that, uh, God, if, if, if you don't move in here and help me, I'm in big trouble. And so God began to do some great miracles again. And, and you know the stories, as I've told you, about the time I went to unplug the toilet for a little old lady. I'm saying, God, don't you think I'm stressed enough about having elderly people ask me to unplug their toilet in the building, at middle of our building program? And, of course, the, the, the long story short is that as after I finished plugging her toilet, she said, oh, by the way, here, this is for the church. And it was $25,000. And I said, my dad never got $25,000 for unplugging any toilet, ever. <laughs> I mean, I've got God tapping on my shoulder and saying, Alan, relax. Now, I'm going to tell you this. When people say to me, relax, it tends to irritate me. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Would you just shut up and stop telling me to relax? I'll be uptight if I want to. When God taps on your shoulder and says, it's time to relax. It's time to calm down. It's time to take it easy. You need to listen. Because your, your health is at risk. Your marriage is at risk. Your kids are at risk. Your finances are at risk. It's all at risk. Because a natural default setting is to go into chaos. And you know that. What happens if you don't tr- track your spending for a month? If you don't balance your checkbook for a month? Chaos ensues. What happens when you ignore your wife for a while? Chaos ensues. <laughs> what? What happens when you ignore your children? Chaos ensues. You know what I'm talking about. What happens when you don't check your impulses? Chaos ensues. How many people have come to me and said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm a gambler. I can't quit. I can't stop. And I said, well, I thought you said you just did it recreationally. Well, I started recreationally, but now I'm in trouble. Chaos ensues. This morning, uh, I want to I just remind you of what the scripture says. Look what it says at the end of verse 2. It says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Look at this, listen. Read this with me. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Do you want to know that in the midst of your chaos, God is near? In the midst of the chaos and the storms that you're going through, God's present. In fact, in the Hebrew, forgive me for referring to the Hebrew, because you can't. But you know what it says? It says, the spirit of Elohim is vibrating over the surface of the water. He's there, waiting. It reminds me of when I was in school and the teacher would ask a question. 
and kids are given the wrong answer, and I'm at the back of the room vibrating. <laughs> teacher, teacher, pick me, pick me. I've got the answer. Get a picture in your heart, in your head this morning. Because God is nearby vibrating, saying, I've got the answer. Turn to me. Pick me. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. Here's God, vibrating, waiting, just waiting to bring order to the chaos in your finances, to bring order to the chaos in your marriage, in your family. Why do we try to do it without him? Why do we try to do life on our own? The fact of the matter is, is that we're just not good at it. And in the midst of the chaos, God is nearby hovering, just waiting for the call. And this morning, some of you, it's been a while since you talked to God. For some of you, you say, you know, God's for Sunday, and I've got to take care of my life, and I've got to try to keep it all in order. And we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off and we get out the, the glue, we get out the stapler, and we get out the paper clips, a little bit of spit and prayer and we hope that we can keep it all together. And your life is a disaster. And God is vibrating nearby saying, pick me, wait for me. Do you know what I started doing in the midst of, right in the midst of my building program? Is I knew that if I didn't, if I didn't tap into God, if I didn't tap into the one who brings order out of chaos, if I didn't get near to the heart of God, if I didn't allow God to minister to my heart, I knew that I wasn't going to make it. I gained weight. My hands started to twist up. I was in trouble. I needed God. And so I started going on a regular basis to a monastery. I know it sounds strange for a Protestant, Pentecostal, to go to a Roman Catholic monastery. But I went there. Got up my own room, no TV, no telephone, no interruptions. And I got alone with God. And I allowed God to minister to my heart. Turned the adrenaline off. Stopped depending on that fight-or-flight response that helped me cope with my stress. Helped me cope with the storms. And I'm telling you, storm after storm after storm. It's the nature of a building program. It's the nature of having a young family. It's the nature of being a pastor. I'm going to tell you, I had my fill of stress, but I learned this. I learned that God was nearby. And he wanted to minister to my heart. Now, some of you, you, can't go, you haven't got time to go to a, a monastery. But what you do have is you do have time in the course of your day to get alone with God. You've heard me talk about Susanna Wesley, the mother of the great John Wesley, the great preacher who went throughout England and who actually, because of his ministry, stopped England from going through what France went through, and that was a revolution. This mother of John Wesley had 19 children, now talk about stress. It makes my building program here seem like a piece of cake. 19 children. And you know what she would do? She couldn't go to a monastery. 
What she would do is she would take her apron and throw it over her head. And the kids knew that when mom got to the point where the apron went over her head, they'd better shut up. (laughs) (laughs) They knew that when that apron went over her head, that meant mom was going into the presence of God. And she, with her apron over her head, would have her little Bible in there. She would pray. She would read her Bible and cry out to God for grace and for strength. In the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of the chaos, Susanna Wesley would go to find peace with God by throwing her apron over her head. Any one of us can do that. Martin Luther, one of the, one of the greatest movers and shakers in, the, in Christendom, the one who challenged Rome, the Roman Catholic Church, over 500 years ago because of the inconsistencies in the church. He led a breakaway, a protest, and that's why we're called Protestants today. Martin Luther, busy from, from morning to night, he translated the scripture into, into regular German that everybody could read so that it was for the people and all the people could read it. He was answering bagfuls of mail on a regular basis. He was being asked to speak, to lecture, to preach, to tell people about how they could have a personal walk with God, how they could be set free by simply putting their faith in Jesus Christ. This man was busy from morning till night. And here's what he said. Listen to this. Talk about a chaotic life. This is what he said. He said, my life is so busy. I've got so much to do. There's so much stress. He said, I can't afford not to pray for the first two hours of my day. In fact, he said, the, the, the busier I am, the more storms I have, the more stress that I have, the more time I need to get into the presence of God. Here's a wise man who sensed and knew the vibrating, the hovering of the presence of God. This morning, some of you haven't read your Bible for a very long time. Some of you haven't prayed for a very long time. Some of you haven't been alone with God for a very long time. Can I just tell you, God's not here to judge you this morning or condemn you. He's here to remind you that he loves you. And he wants to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. Is your marriage in trouble? Your kid's on the verge of rebellion? Finances on the verge of, you're in the verge of bankruptcy. I don't know. I want you to know today that God is here. And here's what he wants to do. Look at this next verse. Verse 3. Read that with me. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God wants to bring light into the midst of your chaos. He just has to say a word. And the peace will come to you. He just has to say a word. And you'll feel calm. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray.
Father, this morning we come to you recognizing that you are, are near in the midst of the storms. Some of us have been trying to escape the storms in our own strength, and our own energy. We feel like we're on the verge of, of nervous breakdown, on the verge of a burnout. Our health is not what it needs to be. Life is not what it needs to be. And we have anything but that abundant life that Jesus promised. God, this morning we recognize how you brought order and peace and brought light in the midst of that very first storm mentioned in the very first verses of the scripture. God, what you did then, you want to do in our hearts and lives. Some of us have been ignoring you. Some of us have been avoiding you, Father. Some of us haven't picked up our Bible or prayed in a very long time. Some of us have not even bothered associating or fellowshipping with other believers. And we find ourselves worn out, defeated, have no victory in our lives. We're joyless. We're full of fear, full of worry that at any minute the whole thing is going to come tumbling down. That at any minute it's all going to fall apart. Because you're here today to remind us that you love us. And you're calling us back into relationship with you. And for those today who have not yet put their faith in Christ, God, I pray that even now, even this day, they would recognize that truly the best way to live in this world is to put their faith in Jesus Christ, who will bring order out of their chaos. God, let that happen today. And so, Father, we pray now that you would... Go with us from this place, knowing that you love us and knowing that you're there, vibrating, as it were, right there, waiting to help us through whatever we're going through. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Amen. Now, anyway, please don't move or say a word. Just, just wait. Order. There's a picnic outside, and you're welcome to go out to the field in the back, get your lawn chairs, whatever, set up, and food will be served shortly. Those who are members, we ask that you come in and just join us at the front right here for a few minutes. And those of you who are going to the interment at Stony Mountain, right? We ask you to make your way to your car and make your way out there. The service is at 1230. So everybody knows what to do. Everybody knows where to go. We won't have chaos on our hands. God bless you.